This is KPFT Houston, 90.1 FM and FM HD1. Come join us for the best in blues shows. It's Blues Sundays on KPFT. The sun comes up with the Blues Cats Lounge at 6. With Boyd Blues Team. At 8 it's Mrs. B's Blues. At 11 it's the Blues Brunch with Blues King Nuri Nuri. The Blues Hound takes over at 2 with Holly the Blues. To round up Blues Sundays it's Clint Broussard with Blues and Hi-Fi. A great day of blues, Sundays here on KPFT. Tune in to Pacifica Business Talk on 90.1 KPFT-FM at 12 o'clock noon every Thursday with John Henry for live business talk and your calls on employment, the business climate, the stock market, technology, scams and scandals, and all your business concerns. That's 12 o'clock noon on KPFT, your Houston Pacifica station, live here in Houston, Texas. KPFT Houston, 90.1 FM, Galveston 89.5 FM, and Huntsville 89.7 FM. People of Earth is next. Crying looking for you. I'm crying looking for you. Welcome to People of Earth here on Pacifica Radio's KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. Thanks for KPFT Houston. Yeah, thanks for being there. KPFT 90.1 FM, KPFT. Uh, hi, I'm Jacqueline. The program is People of Earth. People of Earth, it is indigenous. And uh, as already mentioned, we're at 90.1 FM, 89.5, and 89.7 all FM. Coming to you from the beautiful studios of KPFT here in Houston, Texas. Really grateful to be here each and every week to serve. And that's what we we do uh, and I hope that you're having a wonderful wonderful evening here in this beautiful full moon night and that you uh, well that things are good uh, we have a few things that we're going to bring to you about just transition uh, from uh, indigenous nations talking about about that a little bit about what that means share a little music with you as well and also to remind you that we are uh we are in our beautiful fun drive and we want to help you be a part of it and we hope to bring you in and know that this is also your community your station and that by being a part of it we look to you that in the many ways that you can be a part of it physically but also just supporting us at this time so with that i'll just say this that our number is 713-526-5738 713-526-5738 and uh, we are also at kpft.org and if you go there you'll see a lot of things and some pictures and just a lot of things about the station and see what you think about it, you know? Okay, let's get some music going. Maybe some uh, centering kind of like beautiful music to uh, put you in a good space with this beautiful moon that we're enjoying, or I'm enjoying, and I hope you're enjoying too. So... And then we'll get on with more program here at KPFT, People of Earth, People of Earth. Thank you. 
Yeah, you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT. 90.1 FM, kpft.org. So, with that uh, beautiful music that had been playing and still playing, it's uh, music from... It's called East, and it's from Peter Cater with our Carlos Nakai. You're listening again, as I said, Community Radio, KPFT 90.1 FM. I'm going to listen to the first part coming from Agents of Change. It's in relation with Columbia uh, School uh, and Agents of Change talking about... Um, environment and indigenous people in environmental justice and it's going to hear you're going to hear the voices of two indigenous active activist students doctors uh, or people who are working to be scientists uh, Kevin Patterson who's Danae and also uh, Joy de la France from Montana we're going to get to that in just a moment moments here on KPFT 90.1 FM kpf2.org okay concerns about concerns about you know the contamination uh, from the pollution that's France from the Crow Nation and Patterson from the Navajo Nation talk about energy production and use in their own communities and the challenges and opportunities to make it more sustainable. Enjoy! Hello everyone! Balaja Iji and Machalushuk, Mazamalachia, Bi Uurishik, Delancon, Bihokalak, Chabagarik. Hi, my name is Jory LaFrance. My Apsalagan name is Eugene Machalish, and it means fortunate with horses, and it was given to me by the late Sioux Takes Horse. I come from the Apsalagan Nation in southeastern Montana. I'm currently a doctorate student in the Department of Environmental Sciences at the University of Arizona studying soil and water science. Specifically, my doctorate research is looking at surface water quality and watershed management in the Little Bighorn River, which is a river that I've grown up along my entire life. It's located on my reservation, and I feel very fortunate to be able to do work on a river that my people have always relied on, and that will be a river and a resource for our future generations. And I'm so happy to be here today with my fellow co-host, my fellow Agents of Change and Environmental Justice cohort member, and also my fellow Dartmouth alum. We're happy to be here to be speaking a little bit about energy transitions in Native nations. Yat Ash A. Kevin Patterson, Yunishia, Ashi Hinishle, Tabahim Bashashin, Bitani Dashashe, Klaashte Dashanale. Hi, everyone. My name is Kevin. Thank you so much for you know, uh, thank you to the AOC team for allowing us to have this conversation today about Native Nations and energy justice. Um, Jory and I met um, uh, really 10 years ago, I think, or almost uh, eight yeah. years ago. I think it, it's so um, incredible to be sharing this space with you by just all of your passions and commitments with your work and what we do uh, in our respective communities when we and studying water um, that really, I think, brings us to this current conversation. And so, I mean, we've had many countless conversations about Native nations in the U.S., uh, but one of which we want to highlight today is one that's been motivated by the 2019 purchase of the Spring Creek Mine on which, which is on the traditional homelands of the Upsaluga Nation uh, by the Navajo Transitional Energy Company, uh, which is owned by 
my, my tribe, the Navajo Nation. So because of this unique connection between both of us as respective tribal citizens of these nations, um, uh, again, I'm Dene and uh, Jory is Absolige. Uh, so we really hope to provide um, some personal narrative into this connection, but really speaking to larger themes about what tribal sovereignty means. Sometimes it's much simpler to begin this type of conversation with something very simple, like to really understand myself as this second citizen came when I was in high school. Uh, We had to take Navajo government courses as a requirement um, of being students, uh, Navajo students within my school district. And, you know, I've heard all these things up to this point before about like, um, yes, I'm Navajo and I think I only ever really understood that in a cultural sense, you know, like I knew I had this, you know, ID and this certificate of Indian blood that was like telling me that I was Navajo, but I didn't really understand myself beyond a cultural sense until, you know, stepping into this course and really seeing like, oh, wow, this is like a whole, you know, people get like tribal IDs, you know, and I, I hadn't even known that it existed until then. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a similar experience you have, Jory, there. Oh, yeah, it is. I have a tribal ID and I didn't really understand what a tribal ID was either until I got older, but I knew it was there. Yeah. I knew I had to have one. <laughs> and, and I think in our time in undergrad was, you know, really, I think when I really started understanding the nuance Same. into mm-hmm. everything that was Indian country today. I think that even was a name of a course mm-hmm. taught by mm-hmm. uh, Professor du- Bruce Dutu. Um, mm-hmm. But that is, that is to say that, yes, we are in, in some sense and a technical sense that we are like dual citizens between our own tribal nations and then also the U.S. government. And so mm-hmm. that type of allowance through the federal government is um, a privilege that is only uh, afforded to tribes that are federally recognized tribes um, and then to some state recognized tribes. Today, there are 574 federally recognized tribes. There are 63 state recognized tribes in 11 states. And then there are six tribes currently in the petition process um, for federal recognition. So, Federal recognition itself is such a huge boost to uh, any tribe that is not currently federally recognized because they actually get um, services and kind of uh, benefits. Benefits, yeah, from the Bureau of Indian Affairs in, in at a greater sense, the uh, federal government. With that, and um, as a just like a very simplified way of seeing that, that my sense of self and, you know, who I thought of myself as this, you know, this dual citizen, I have myself as a Navajo Nation citizen, I'm a U.S. citizen. It, it, it really does, I think, and maybe you agree here, Jory, impacts the way I see my own work, but I see the way or even what is, we're even allowed to imagine. Mm-hmm. Like it sort of is, it, and I said this earlier, it is this um, allowance by the federal government for us to even have an imagination about what we want to see ourselves because it affords us tribal sovereignty. Mm -hmm. So that really brings us to like a fundamental question and a truth about who we are as tribal nations today. You know, are we looking to keep doing the same thing doing like what we were essentially modeled and programmed to be. And I mean that by how my tribe, and maybe this is the same for you too with your nation, Jory, but our Navajo Nation Council, when it was founded, we have like three branches of government. We have a president, we have a vice president, and we have in a similar sense, like a house, the house of representatives and senators and we have a judicial branch. So it's in our constitution too. Is so it's modeled by the U.S. Uh, and mirrored in the same way. And so 
we are in, in some ways like these little mini us, you know, nations. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a so, good way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> to, so it's, um, a, Hey, you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. And uh, I'm Jacqueline. We're listening to a couple of uh, science students, scientists, talking about environment and relationship to their their, uh, various indigenous nations. Uh, Kevin Patterson and... Also, Joy de France. So that's with Agents of Change. That's what they're talking from. And that is what a wonderful name. KPFT would like to be a big agent of change and a big part of the local community here as well. How important we believe that is to reach out and be a part of our own communities here and to let people know that we exist and that we exist right here. There are so many times when somebody comes along and finds the station and calls in and says, I wish I had known about this station before. How long have you been here? And then when they hear that, well, they say that, and I've heard it myself um, on more than one occasion, that they're just so grateful that they have found it, but they had wished they had known about it a long time ago. That's going on, and I think that we have to stop being a secret, or maybe a cool secret, <laughs> but also just to be out there. And you can help us do that. You can share. You can tell people what you've heard, or if you've heard something that moved you, music or talk, something that really moved you to some sort of um, feeling, something good or something that jogged your thinking in a different way, perhaps, hopefully, or just something that you liked, something that you disagreed with, but you are okay with the disagreement. It's all a part of being a part of a community of people. Everybody doesn't think the same. Everybody is not the same. The idea of the deep separation that seems to be going on in this sort of environment that we lived in It's the way that I guess that this environment seems to have hurt us as humans, our spirit, where we compartmentalize everything, everything. This goes there, this goes there, and it can only go there and they can't touch Uh, everything, uh, our family over here, and this thing goes over there. But I know and I've been told this and that indigenous people uh, in the old ways saw everything as one. It's not you go over there under this tree, and that's where you go do this, and then this is that. This is the whole thing that goes on, and it moves throughout us as a community. And so, um, and we all learn this. Nobody walks perfect, whatever that is, but we are all walking together. So, all to mention, and I hope that you might think that having a community radio station and the having this kind of program and the programs that you hear throughout the day from morning till night, all the great programming that you hear here on KPFT and striving to get better all the time. And that I hope that we can touch more and more people. And I hope that you think that it's something worth supporting, something valuable to you. So with that, we'll get back to some of this Agents of Change program, but I also just simply want to mention that you can show your support and you can pledge to us at any comfortable rate, anything that that you feel comfortable with, that you're, that's not going to break the bank, but that you can feel good about, something that makes you feel good, $25, $35, more, more, whatever you can do. So, at certain levels, we do have gifts, really nice gifts. Um, I just saw one of our beautiful T-shirts that I hadn't seen before being uh, walking around here the previous 
uh, host was wearing, and I hadn't seen that one, a very beautiful T-shirt for the 40th anniversary. So we have so many things that we take great care in producing to make sure that they're of good, um, that they feel good and that they look good and that might be something you might be proud to have. So there's that. And also, I, I, wa- I want to mention that we have a sustainer. We, we're looking for new sustainers, of course, all the time. But just to mention about sustaining, that um, you can sustain at any level $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month, and we'll honor that. And each new sustainer, $50 is going to be added for each new sustainer donation at this time during this fund drive. I have to tell you about that. So there's that. And also, um, also a little bit later, I'll mention some of the other things that we can gift you with, that we can share, and it's because we there's such a a nice uh, rapport with some of the venues in the Houston area that support KPFT by giving tickets to KPFT to support our fun drive and to support the radio station and the radio station that does support a lot of local program, a lot of uh, local musicians, a lot of the local music or the music around here, music that isn't, isn't mainstreamed uh, right now. So we do that, and we do also all kinds of things. So we're really grateful for all of that, and I hope that you are too. So just a little bit of music, and then we're going to go back to listening to the two indigenous people talking about uh, just transition and the environment, agents of change.
You're listening to KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. And that's just a little bit from uh, Burning Sky. Think about it. to People of Earth, and now we're going back to the Agents of Change with Kevin Patterson and uh, Joy LaFrance. Here we go with that. Individuals' concerns about, you know, the contamination uh, from the pollution that's emitted from a cold fire power plant can be a health impact concern of a community and maybe even of their local jurisdiction. But if it's something that is promoting the, I don't I want to say like quote unquote here, the economic prosperity of just maybe the area, but of the tribe in general, then oh yeah, I think there are kind of mm-hmm. different voices, mm-hmm. not always in unison yeah. about something. Uh, Do you have a similar experience there? Mm -hmm. 100%. 100%. There's definitely different views of cold development within our county. You have those who are employed tribal members of this coal mine, but also the history of this mine. The mine was the first coal shipment that was sent to a generating station happened in 1974. And you have this generation of Apsaluga people who are very proud of this coal mine in terms of providing, like you mentioned, economic prosperity for us. It provided a, a sense of security at the time for us and not only for individual families, for those who relied as on the coal mine for their employment, to provide for their families, but it also provided a sense of security for us as uh, an economic resource to function as a government. But then you have those who were totally opposed to the mine, who did not want to get into this extractive industry in any way, 
We also had impacts to our cultural important sites. We there was actually a buffalo kill site, and that was destroyed based on the poor decisions of people who were in office at the time who decided to expand this coal mine and completely destroyed this Buffalo Kill site. We had tribal members who were going head to head on these issues. So yeah, it's it's the same here. We have different, you know, interests in in the mine, not only from the tribal aspect and families and um you know our districts we similar to you in chapters we have districts we function on a three branch system the same way that the federal government does uh, we have legislatures from each of our six districts who we vote in to represent us and then you have stakeholders like the county bighorn county and then you have the state of montana who each of these different stakeholders they obtain royalties from this coal mine and at the time when these negotiations were made, it was us. It was Absaluga people who got the short end of the stick. And, you know, that, that coal mine is still being run today. And a lot of our tribal members, my fam, my own family members rely on this coal mine for much of their economic resource and to live, you know, to just survive, to, to live in this society that we live in today. So it's it's definitely... A complicated topic to talk about, um, but I think it's really important that we think about the impacts that these industries have in our communities and how we ended up being involved in these industries, but also this just transition and thinking about the future of coal and then reimagining our history, or sorry, reimagining our future, learning from that history, learning how to make better informed decisions learning why our tribal leaders at that time made the decisions that they made. So when we move forward as leaders of today, as citizens of our tribal communities of today, as, you know, really taking hold on the responsibility of having a role in your community and knowing that your role has a stake in the future of your community and reimagining what that looks like for sovereignty, what our sovereignty looks like in the future is something that we need to be thinking about as a nation, something we need to be thinking about on the ground level in terms of individual sovereignty, community sovereignty, tribal sovereignty, and how we can strengthen our tribal sovereignty to work toward a future that we imagine, a future that we believe we deserve because we do deserve this. But we've been handed cards throughout history that has held us back from this, but also limitations and restrictions that prevent us from making decisions that we want to make. So it's, I think the conversation we're having today is really just trying to touch on the the experiences we face as people from these communities, but also as scholars, as researchers who want better for our communities, who know we deserve a better future and are actively working towards that future. Moving the conversation now to more of this idea around Mm -hmm. what a just transition looks like for our communities. We recognize that the, what you were saying, the impacts of, you know, the fossil fuel industry so far are not just limited to what we know of mm-hmm. what gets emitted into the air, to soil and water, but also the network that it creates in the area. The people mm-hmm. that are not just not just even within an economic sense, but even health sense. Like a lot mm-hmm. of families that rely on the health insurance through that, through care uh, providers that also are funded through those industries as well. In an area that is pretty remote, there are going to be needed uh, setups of, you know, healthcare providers, of even other services, um, such as water. So when you Mm -hmm. remove that, it does really remove that whole network in that area, especially one that's been operating, like for instance, on the Navajo Nation, the NGS, which has been there since 1969, or at least that's when the lease was signed. It is, it's quite a rooted system that now when we 
move into a conversation about just transition and like what that looks like for tribes, at least from our understanding and like from those of uh, uh, those that we know mm-hmm. that work within this uh, much more intimately and ha- have uh, and, and in some ways better expertise, but also Jory, you are the expert here. Um, so with their, your recent summit, if you wanted to talk about that um, at Dartmouth, where there is a, after the uprooting of these networks, these systems that uh, have been so in, in many ways beneficial to the community in terms of just the health systems that they've established, all of this. And, and I'm not even saying yeah. that as like any credit mm-hmm. to like those energy companies as well, because when you think about it, is it an mm-hmm. investment in the land or is it an investment in the community that is in that area? Like if they're, if, if that's being uprooted out, then I feel mm-hmm in my understanding that there was no investment in the community. And I feel like that, that that is a pretty popular narrative that a lot of these industries will kind of proclaim and like advertise out. But clearly we see Mm -hmm. that, you know, Mm -hmm. when they're gone, everything that they brought also leaves with them. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well now we're back to sort of in some sense, square one about community that has been reliant on this, how, can we fill that? And I think that obviously comes in these ebbs and flows where mm-hmm. there's this investment into something like Spring Creek Mine, where it's trying to fill in these gaps quickly to kind of get mm-hmm. to get its footing again, so that uh, a tri- or like a tribal nation is able then to have a more clearer conversation about mm-hmm. renewable energy because now it's in a position where it's not drowning. Like it's above water. It can like now engage with this. But I think often times, especially with more, you know, smaller tribes, less resourceful, uh, less resource, or, or I would say like resource deprived tribes are in a state of this kind of drowning phase where they can't even have this conversation about just transition. Tribal communities in a lot of ways, especially on tribal lands, um, there's a lot of restrictions and limitations that really hold us back in a lot of ways. And I say that because uh, when you think about just transition for a tribal community and you think about a just transition for, let's say, Hardin, Montana, which is a border town on my reservation, they have a solar a solar field right outside of town, and for them to get that solar field was a much easier process for them than for us to build a solar field. We have so many barriers, so many different levels of things that we have to work through. So it's really important to think about. you know, some of the restrictions and limitations, um, the system set in place for us to not be able to reach or be able to invest in some of the efforts that we would, we would like to, especially when it comes to dress transition. Yeah, you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org, 89.5 in Galveston, 89.7 in Huntsville. Really grateful to be with you. I'm Jacqueline Batiste. That was uh, the voice of Joy LaFrance and Kevin Peterson from Agents of Change. Uh, and they are bringing a lot of different voices for Agents of as agents of change, meeting the world's environmental and social problems that are spreading so much and systemically marginalizing indigenous and various communities, marginalized communities, the most impacted. So uh, looking for durable solutions and speaking up as scientists and sharing these compelling stories from personal from their personal lives. So that's from the uh, Public Health of Columbia, Environmental Health News from 
to uh, formed as Agents of Change in Environmental Justice podcast. So it's really great. And I'm really grateful to share that with you. And I'm grateful for all the voices that are out there, people that have so much to share and to bring and to open, people who open their minds and their hearts and their thoughts so that we they can share. And uh, so you're listening to People of Earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM, kpft.org. Indigenous people are continuing to advocate for environmental protection and cultural integrity and against so much of the desire to prioritize fossil fuel-based economic development. And adversely, these affect indigenous people's lands and communities. been a huge threat to many of our people and uh, there's growing displacement, loss of land, water, and livelihood. There's increased militarization in different communities and violence. There's been repression and the appropriation of resources where indigenous people live in the world. We share with you many of the stories of indigenous people. We think you care and we think you'd like to know what's going on and that this world is our world. We are all people of earth and that's what it's about, being people of earth here on KPFT 90.1 FM. I should mention the phone number in case you forgot. It's 713-526-526. Five seven three eight. If you should feel it in your heart to call and support KPFT, a community radio station, pretty unique here in these parts. And now we have the long arm of community radio reaching out to Huntsville, 89.5, and to Galveston, 89.7. And that long arm and that strong arm, with your support, will reach and touch a lot of people who doesn't even know we exist. And with the many people, we can do a lot of things. And we can keep this boat afloat very strong and come and do more things within communities, the various communities that we represent.
as I mentioned, we are in our fun drive. So I want to share with you some of the creative and nice things that we share with you at the various pledge levels. Uh, Of course, just pledging should be enough or could be enough. But if not, you're welcome to any of these nice gifts that we include to show our support to you for showing your support to KPFT, to Community Radio. I want to mention this, and this is something that's new to me anyway. Uh, It's the coffee beans and so it's a KPFT blend. We have our own special blend. So um, $120 donation for KPFT's Caroline Street Coffee Beans, and plus the Caroline Street mug. And that is a beautiful mug. It has the, our, our building on it, and it really looks pretty good, I have to tell you. And it goes with this KPFT blend. So any new sustainer donating $20 a month uh, will receive the Caroline Street Coffee Combo also over and above any other thank you gift they may be getting. So there you go, $20 a month. And we're going to gift you with coffee. And I would say I'm sure it's good. I don't think we'd put bad coffee out there. Uh, wherever uh, we got. I'm going to learn more about it. I'm going to have to find out what it's like. So also we have these creative memory bricks. And uh, the first 65 memory bricks have been installed, and they look beautiful. And some people get creative with these bricks. So if you have somebody that you think was uh, part of community radio or just somebody in the community or just somebody you care about that deeply and you want to share something about them on one of these bricks that's like a forever after thing. So you can do that. And any new, and there's this bonus, any new sustainer donors for a brick automatically receive the KPFT Caroline Street Coffee Combo. And I'm sure there is nowhere else you can get these things. They're very unique to here. And these bricks are really beautiful uh, bricks. Um, We have a 4 by 8 brick at $25 a month and a $50 a month sustainer for an 8 by 8 inch brick. And there's still lots of room for more bricks. And it's not forever. I mean, I believe it's for a year. Uh, But there's plenty room for you, for you or somebody that you think deserves such a wonderful spot, a wonderful uh, uh, memorial, or not necessarily a memorial, but just could be just a joyous showing of somebody or something. So... There's that. And I'm also going to just say quickly that there are some thank you gifts when you do show your support. If you want to pick one up, I'll just mention a few things because we have the Music Hall downtown and the Bayou Music Center that has bad religion coming and social distortion together. I don't know if that's two groups or one long group. Anyway, there's that in April. And at the Continental Club, there's going to be a Beatle reunion. And we only have two pairs at this time. Two pairs for that. And it's for a $75 pledge, which is a pledge that you might have made anyway. But now if you do it right now, you're going to get this. Um, you're going to get this too. So there's that. And then there's... Uh, John D. Graham, Bobby Rush, Bobby Rush, and I can't believe no one's picking up on that. Bobby Rush, wonderful uh, blues musician, long-time blues musician, and there's that. So we're coming up, we're only having a few moments here to be with you for people of Earth. Uh, Ruthie Foster's coming in July. You wanna might might want to get on, on that. The box tops are coming. And socks in the frying pan. Okay. Socks in the frying pan. They're coming. Um, But you can always find out who's coming and 
what's going on, you can go to the website at seven one. I mean, <laughs> at uh, kpft.org, or you can also call us here or call our line at 713-526-5738. Of course, some of the tickets are gone and gone already, but we do still have Uncle Lucius, and Uncle Lucius is come right around, well, in March, so that's coming. You may want to do that. And... Uh, Cedric Burnside, and Carolyn Wonderland. Well, all of these are things that are happening, coming to Houston. Steel Pulse is coming, and there will be here in in May, May first at the House of Blues. Only a minute left here for this program, KPFT here, ninety point one FM, People of Earth. I want to mention that Arab voices. Here's is what our listeners right and sustainers are saying about us. Here's Jane. First thing I'm going to talk about is something near and dear to my heart, and that is KPFT. The best program KPFT ever has is called a sustainer program. You can contribute what you can afford. $5 a month works fine. $100 a month, whatever it is, you have to pick it. The greatest thing about it is you can get yourself all sorts of terrific thank you gifts. The first thing is the one 